0: Hey, everybody, it is Holly Fry here, host of Raised by Wolves, the podcast. But I am guessing that you probably know that if you are listening to this. And I am so excited to tell you the following news. Raised by Wolves the podcast is returning for season two. That's correct. I'm going to be right back here next month alongside the premiere of the second season of the TV series with brand new episodes of the companion podcast. This season we're going to give you even more of what you've asked for with each episode of the podcast correlating to a specific episode of the show and chatting directly with the talented directors writers and actors who made season two so incredible and of course creator and show runner Aaron Guzikowski is gonna come back too. So stay tuned to the feed for more updates. You're gonna hear the official trailer that is coming soon. But in the meantime, while we wait for the new season of the show to drop, I wanted to take the opportunity to share with you an episode of another podcast from HBO Max and iHeartRadio that I am totally loving right now, and that is Station 11 The Podcast. In this fascinating companion podcast, hosts Patrick Somerville, Station Eleven creator and showrunner, and Angelica Jade Bastion, TV critic for New York Magazine's Vulture, interview the cast and crew of the brand new HBO series about what it's like to tell the story about a pandemic while living in a real-life pandemic. I am thrilled to be able to share with you now the first episode in which Patrick and Angelica chat with actor Himesh Patel, who you may also recognize from the films Yesterday and Tenet, and together the three of them talk about the first episode of the series and how Himesh was able to channel his character, Jeevan Chaudhry, and also just what it was like filming outdoors in the dead of winter in Chicago. I know you're going to love it, so take a listen.
1: know about this flu? What, that thing in Asia? Mostly Europe. We've never seen a flu like this before. It's fucking chaos. Okay, but this happens, though, right? I mean, this happens. This is happening. Frank. Lock yourselves in. Build a barricade. It's your best chance at surviving. Surviving? Yes, Jeevan, that is what I'm trying to tell you. Hold on. These kids just came in. I liked when we were kids. Sia, why are you. Get to Frank's. No, no, Sia. Sia, what about you?
2: Welcome to Station Eleven, the podcast, a show that dives deep into the HBO Max limited series Station Eleven.
3: Every episode will be joined by a member of the cast or crew of the show and find out not only their approach to the characters and stories, but will also reveal special behind-the-scenes insights into production in the process. I'm Patrick Somerville, creator, showrunner, and executive producer of Station Eleven.
2: And I'm Angelica J. Bastian. I'm a writer and pop culture critic for New York Magazine's site, Vulture. Each week, Patrick and I will sit down with one of the many talented collaborators and artists from the TV series and talk about storylines, themes, and characters.
3: We're also going to talk about what it's like to tell a story about a pandemic while living in an actual pandemic. It's going to get real.
2: In this first episode of the podcast, we're speaking with Himesh Patel, the prolific actor who plays Jeevan Chaudhary in Station 11.
4: It just was him sort of trying something out, which is, I'm going to do this. And if you trust me, it'll work. But I think the journey we go on in the show is, how long can that trust last? And what can this trust withstand?
2: So, Patrick, why don't we kind of set the stage for the audience so they can kind of have a better idea about episode one? Uh, Obviously, Station Eleven, the novel, was written by Emily St. John Mandel. And one of the most striking things about the show from the jump starting with this episode is how much it departs from the source text. Can you talk a little bit about that and how maybe it's departed from the book which was published in 2014?
3: I love that book. I I loved it the 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 second it came out. And it's funny that you say that Angelica too about a lot of departures because to me adaptation is really interesting. I think the whole goal with Station Eleven was to deconstruct the thing that we loved very much and reconstruct it for visual storytelling that would retain it, you know, and make it the same, the same story again for TV. But you got to do some stuff to make that work.
2: Oh, totally. I think, you know, that's a strength of an adaptation is being more expansive while still, you know, staying true to the soul of what they're bringing into a new medium. And the show kicks off immediately with really strong imagery of, you know, a Chicago theater overgrown with plant life before we end up seeing this production of King Lear in Chicago. And we're introduced to some of the most important players in the show at a very interesting moment in this audience of this King Lear performance. And Gael Garcia Bernal's character, Arthur, has a heart attack on stage. And the first person to notice is Jeevan, played by Himesh Patel. And he decides, despite not knowing CPR what the hell he's doing, to get up on that stage and try to help and call attention to things. And in the process ends up making a very important connection with a young child actor that becomes the heart of this episode, is their dynamic um, between Jeevan and Kristen. Yeah, And I found it really fascinating thread that continues throughout the series, but I was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about just crafting that on a character level in a way that feels very human and empathetic and beautiful without tripping into making the kid character precocious or the relationship forced.
3: Yeah, what a way to start a story. That's what I thought when I read the book, too. You know, you have a real big character uh, who dies on stage. And so the thing I think when I watched episode one, though, Angelica, (laughs) is there's 400 extras sitting in the crowd. And you can't do that anymore. No. (laughs) We shot our before before in Station 11, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of meaning (laughs) in that first section. And then to your question, I think... um, the mystery of this show, to me, I still don't really know, is what what is it about those two? I still don't know what they see in each other uh, when they see each other. Whatever it is, is enough to stick them together for a long journey. And I think in the novel, this was it. But we, we thought there was a, a cool opportunity to tell a story about strangers. That's kind of what Station Eleven is. It's about strangers. So um, Matilda Lawler is an incredible actor. And she is sort of my answer to your question, too, about how do you keep it from from leaning into annoying, precocious or whatever. Yeah. We, we have incredible actors in the show, and they 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 did it as much as, as anything else.
2: Yeah, and so we kind of see Jeevan and Kirsten sort of go on a very interesting journey after they have this intense first meeting because of Arthur's heart attack and... Death. And so we see them, you know, trying to figure things out for her because her handler isn't around and her parents her are picking... her Wrangler her that's her right. Wrangler isn't around. Wrangler's yeah. worse. <laughs> <laughs>
3: wrangler is so much worse
2: for kids. Because it makes me think of like a farm and just herding animals.
3: <laughs> it's and it's funny too that the exact words in the book and Himesh has an amazing kind of delivery of like your cows at <laughs> that <laughs> moment right there. It's so funny. Who looks after you when you're here?
1: Tanya. The Wrangler.
3: Like your cows?
1: They call the person who looks after the kids the Wrangler.
3: But that, that word Wrangler is sort of uh, dehumanizing, but it's also what Jeevan becomes mm-hmm. for her when she doesn't have someone to look after her anymore. Is is sort of by default, but he... Or she, no one knows what's about to happen in those first 15 minutes of the show. So it was just like a, it was a cool setup to uh, talk about how it matters how you treat people, I think. <laughs> like, yeah, new people, you never know what's what's about to happen Definitely. tomorrow. Yeah.
2: Oof, yeah, we never do. And I think that's something that's probably very present on both of their minds, especially as, you know, he takes her home. She can't get into the home. He gets information also from his sister, who's a doctor, about the the level of seriousness of what's going on, which I think also probably spurns him to be like, I got to take care of this kid. Like her parents aren't picking up. I'm not just going to leave this small child <laughs> still dressed up from her play on a snowy Chicago street and just dip. Um, and so that kind of leads to a very interesting sequence of events in a grocery store where he's stocking up and outside they have a really beautiful moment of fiction in the parking lot.
3: Yeah, I, I think we've, what we watch in the episode, the relationship start between strangers and then that context in the background. I would say, though, a lot of people would just bail. I don't know what I would do, but I think like it, it, storytelling-wise, it was, it was interesting to watch a person's moral compass not let them do the thing that that it feels like you got to do he has a head start and has some extra information and i think his heart won't let him take advantage of it and bolt uh because they're not strangers anymore i think he did the thing on on the sidewalk out front where they they gave each other their names
1: but i can't go with a stranger unless tanya and my parents say it's okay Okay. Hello, I'm Jeevan Chaudhry,
3: And you're Kirsten?
0: Raymond.
3: Raymond, okay. So now we're not strangers. And I love the idea of telling a story about a hard thing, but focusing on good people who are going through a hard thing. That's what we were trying to do, I think, all the way through.
2: And I think that really shines through, especially once we actually get to Frank's apartment and you're kind of getting to see another side of Jeevan and, like, a window into his family life and, like, his own complications. And then there's little Kirsten just there kind of watching all of these very (laughs) adult dynamics kind of play out before things take a hard left when a plane takes a hard left in front (laughs) of the building. And then lands in a fiery explosion. So, you know, the show's not playing in episode one at all. I'd really love to introduce our guest for today's episode, Himesh Patel, who plays Jeevan on Station Eleven and plays this character with an amazing emotional clarity. I'm really excited to talk to him as he's been in movies like Tenet and also on the show EastEnders. So it'll be exciting to kind of get into his perspective on being on the show.
3: Hi, Amesh. Welcome to the podcast.
4: Hi, thank you for having me.
2: Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to annoy you with my very critic-like questions about craft and acting and chemistry and intellectualize what you guys (laughs) probably want to be a little bit more mysterious.
4: It's less being scared of um, revealing anything. It's more... It becoming quite clear that I, I have no idea
3: how it came about. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> well, I have, I have a question for you, Himesh. Tell us what it was, what you were thinking when you first got the material and and read the scripts, and what was your interest in coming and doing the show?
4: Well, you were one of the interest, of course, and I don't mean to say that just because you're here, you know, genuinely, you being the creator of the show. Of course, hero being on board was also a hugely interesting uh, factor because <laughs> he's a very, to put it mildly, interesting director, <laughs> and I really, really loved the pilot episode that that I read um, before I auditioned, and I, I had I didn't know the novel to be honest when when it came through my door, so I, I and I bought the novel the very next day and read it in about three days. And it just, I don't know. I knew that I knew Jeevan. I, I just, one
3: of those where you just say, I, I know this guy straight away. I always felt that about your take, to be honest. I, it always just seemed like you knew what to do. And the shoot of this show was so out of order and so unusual that oftentimes I was learning how to write the characters from the actors <laughs> uh, who, who were showing me who the people were. And I really felt that way with you, Hamesh and, and Jeevan, and everything from the the Midwest accent, I would love to hear you talk about that too, sort of like throwing the Midwest, Chicago, into the pot along the way. You had found it all on that very first day you came and, and read.
4: I guess when I came and read for you guys, it was just a, like a, what do they call it? Like a American standard or whatever. A, Mid-Atlantic? Yeah, I was actually using at the time in, in Tenet and then obviously once i got the role and we came to chicago i worked with a dialect coach called Tanner, Ruh, who really introduced me to the intricacies of of the midwest sort of the chicago accent and i did my best to bring it out i you know my success will be ascertained by the viewers who are from that area but i gave it my best shot and then i, I of course then of the oddity of, of the way that it all came about meant that I then had a year-long break between doing it the first time and then picking it back up again. And so I had to sort of reacquaint myself with with it. But it's fun. I love doing all that
3: sort of stuff as an actor. I like a challenge like that. You didn't skip a beat in my in my memory. I'm, try- I'm trying to remember it because I'm a total bull in a China shop uh, on set and uh, not very careful energetically but is am i right in remembering that you you stayed in the accent between takes uh, when we were chatting
4: not all the time no i if i felt that i needed to then i would but it would wind up sort of fading away if the break was long (laughs) enough i think as an actor i can't take myself seriously enough to do something like that (laughs) i do something like that and i just go what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) there's a voice that kind of goes, you know, just, just, you'll be fine. Just let it go. But naturally there's a certain amount of it that just sort of sits there for a while.
2: I'm really curious to hear your perspective on what drew you to this character and why he resonated so much with you as an actor.
4: I just recognized something in Jeevan straight away and it's funny, as an actor, you sometimes just recognize something in a character, you give a good audition, you get the role, and potentially later than the line, you'll get an idea of why you got the role. And I, I remember we we had rap drinks, I believe, with Hero when we rapped in Chicago. Do you remember that? Do you remember when you used to rap a show and <laughs> go and have drinks with It was people? important. Yeah. And uh, I remember he said something to me about, there's a sort of melancholy, a sort of, a fear behind my eyes or something not like that Not quite that.
3: Not <laughs> quite that. Come on. Do you remember what it was? Sadness. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, well, that's
4: better, I guess. Sadness. I'm just sad all the time, basically. Same. No, I <laughs> he, he reckoned that he saw he saw that, you know, as as a lot of the best directors do. They just sort of they can tell when something's going on or there's something there to be mined. And I think she even has that sort of—he drifts through stuff—and I've definitely had times in my life where I felt like I've just sort of been drifting. I don't really know what I'm doing or what my place is in anything. And then for him to sort of go on this journey where he has to take responsibility again—I've definitely been down that road as well. So there was a lot of stuff with him that I just sort of immediately chimed with, and and I'm glad that you know Patrick and Hero and and everyone felt the same way and gifted me the role.
2: Mm. I think that actually brought up a question for me that I've just been hungry to ask every artist I I come across. How do you find certainty in yourself as an artist when the world itself especially now feels so uncertain and so surreal and sometimes makes it makes you wonder like is this my life? Am I really doing what I should be doing? How do you find that certainty and continue forward if you ever can?
4: Yeah, my My immediate response is I I don't know if I do, but I continue to do it because I have a true love for it. And I'm fortunate enough that, you know, people keep knocking on the door and asking me to have a go. So
3: Himesh, are you you aware that it feels from the outside watching you work that you are 1000% (laughs) certain about what you're doing exactly every single take? Do you know that that that's what it's Uh, like on the other side?
4: No, clearly I have no idea, but but I'm glad that, that it comes across that way. I guess I guess when I think about, you know, the reasons that I do what I do is that it's one of the few things that I do allow some certainty to take hold, I suppose, between, if we're talking about between action and cut, mm. you've got to be certain, you know, because you can smell uncertainty and you can tell when, when there's something not quite sitting right.
3: Well, Himesh, as an actor, there's a lot of uncertainty that comes with, with who you're playing with, right? And you can't control it, but there's an energy. Now, that day that you and Matilda did the chemistry read was magic. It was incredible to me to watch the two of you. It was just real. Matilda
4: is a very, very special actress. As far as I can tell, a very special person, but she's very present in many ways. And I think that's what made her stand out in that initial meeting. And what I've continued to admire about her as we worked over such a long period of time in the end. But um, she's just really truthful in her performances as Kirsten, but also just as a person. She's very truthful. Her joy is, is an honest joy and her curiosity is fantastic. You know, she has opinions about, about her character. She, she really took ownership of it. And, and I found that really inspiring to be honest.
3: I, I learned a lot from that. You guys just dropped into a thing that you can't tell there's a kid and an adult. It's just Mm. two people talking. Yeah. I was like, they have it. That's why it feels so real in the episode. Like, she's not a kid. You're not a grown-up. And I guess what I mean is you feel like equals in the episode, which was always the magic trick that we needed to be true for that dynamic to matter Mm. emotionally. And, And when the cameras weren't rolling, you guys were doing it. So... It just felt very special.
2: You know, for me, I'm I'm very curious the, you know, about actors' perspectives on how do you get to a place where you can have such intimacy? Is it just because you vibe in offset as well as on camera? Is you know, what does it take to really craft that intimacy with another actor?
4: I mean, in the case of obviously with Matilda, it was just pure instinct of whatever it was that happened in that chemistry read and then whatever we were both bringing to each other on set. Um, I think that's what I find so brilliant about it and I feel so lucky is that th- there isn't really much else you can do outside of rehearsal and, and being on set in a situation like that. So we're so fortunate that we found Matilda and and that
3: me and her sort of came together so well on set. You say something that ma- brings me back to 101 again, too, which is, like, you can tell when Matilda likes something and doesn't like something. And you can tell, I think, when you're watching the episode, that Kirsten likes Jeevan. Yeah. yeah. It's subtle, though. I want to talk about one of my favorite sequences, The Cold Day, uh, if you recall. <laughs> which one? The, the, the one a real cold day, which was your, the panic attack on that L platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one that made me ill. I Well, I don't know. I'm not sure I know about that. You got got a cold from that day? So
4: it was the coldest day in Chicago since we started
3: shooting. It was three degrees, I I will uh, clarify for everyone. Three degrees. Fahrenheit. And then the wind chill was negative 30 or whatever. Yikes. It was real
4: cold. Uh, And we were shooting, yeah, the scene where Jeevan stepped off the train... Having just had the call with Sia, where she explains to him everything that's about to happen, and he starts having hyperventilating and having a panic attack. Demon. So I'm spending the entire night just willfully gasping in the coldest air I've ever breathed in my life. It's freeze your nostril hair
3: cold. Completely.
4: (laughs) And so lo and behold, the next day I start feeling unwell. (laughs) But
3: that was a testing uh, night. You never complained. She never complained. But that's hard work. I probably did complain at some point to someone was, else, not yeah. not to me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. Who am I gonna complain to the showrunner? What's it's <laughs> gonna, gonna happen.
3: I think people at home don't know how hard it is to do your job. <laughs> it can be very hard at times. Yeah, Himesh, can you talk about what it's like to be vulnerable emotionally on the day? That's a scene where you know you're you're hyperventilating and and breathing and and afraid. And you you can feel it. But in the season of the show, there's a lot of moments of big feelings. What's it like to be emotionally vulnerable with like 30 people standing around watching you and then doing it again and again and again? What, what's that like? Something I'm still kind of wrapping
4: my head around. I You know, I'm lucky enough to have been acting uh, in a professional sense since I was 16. And so... I've done a lot of sort of going to certain places in front of a bunch of people. But part of the whole thing is the pretending that you do as an actor is, is really just blocking that out. There's just this sort of fictional space that you inhabit between action and cut and physically between, you know, this side of the camera and and the other side. I suppose I've just become better at sort of delineating that, I think. But in terms of finding it for myself, it's something I'm still learning, uh, and I think that's why I get uh, Patrick. I, I I suppose I was nervous about those moments, which I knew I was going to have to go to a place for that I I hadn't really been really before, and the last thing I want anything to be is forced or not truthful, and and so that's always the challenge. It, you can always tell when it's pretense. To show any truth of emotion, you have to be vulnerable. And it's funny, I guess I'm probably better at being vulnerable on this side of a camera between action and cut than I probably am in in certain aspects of my, my life, you know? Mm.
2: I mean, maybe that vulnerability, you're able to do it so well, partially because, for lack of a better term, you're masked by another name, another character. It's you, but it's not you. So you're able to kind of... Mm pull from yourself without necessarily doing what I do as a writer, which is tell so much about my life that it's ridiculous.
3: <laughs> can we talk about your very special first director uh, on Station Eleven uh, for episode one? Yeah. Hiro Morai.
4: Uh, well, if we must.
3: He's real good. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he knows what he's doing.
3: He knows what he's doing, but uh, it's it's ho- you can watch the show and see it. But, Hamesh, uh, I'd love to hear more what you mean about that barometer. And this is one of many realms where Hero is unmatched and special. And we had four very gifted directors who all kind of had their own special gifts that they brought to Station 11 at different times during the shoot. But back in the cold days of Chicago, Hero was your barometer. And I felt like I kept witnessing something very remarkable happening. Scene to scene with him, will you talk about what it's like to work with him? It was a breeze in the sense that it
4: a lot of the best directors that I've had the privilege of working with they make everything seem easy from an actor's point of view, so it's like that thing of you know the the duck swimming across the water there's you know it seems so calm on the surface, but under there it's just like flapping <laughs> and <laughs> As an actor, you kind of need to just... You're aware that there's sort of the, the stuff underneath the water, but a lot of the time you just need to know, look at that, it's pretty, isn't it? It looks, looks lovely. And you just need to do your thing. And I think I definitely felt that way with Hero, where it just, you know, everything was happening in a really controlled, but not seeming like he was trying to control it. I just felt carried and and I, and I enjoyed it. You know, he he was... He's got such a specific and brilliant sense of humor, which you can see in episode one. And then he brings truth to moments that will sort of really emotionally gut you as well.
3: There's one in 101, which is the parking lot outside the grocery store. Yeah. I have the same sort of sense that there's a magical kind of coming together of all the elements of the episode inside the subtext and the simplicity, but it's not simple.
1: When are you going to take me home? My parents don't know where I am. Well, Kirsten, I know... I know this is all a little scary, okay? But they're saying that there's a... a health scare coming, okay? And uh, people are supposed to get inside. And the problem is we... we can't reach anyone who knows you even exist.
0: That's not fair.
1: If you want to go back to your house, you want to try and get in, we'll call a cab. We, we'll figure it out. Or you, you can spend the night at my brother's apartment. I'm not allowed to say you have to. Because that's kidnapping, I think. And people should choose for themselves what they want. I may. I know, but... I, you have to choose. I'll go home.
3: Something very complicated and climactic... I would say happens between those two people out in the parking lot, motivated by an act of spontaneous creative generosity from Jeevan, which I always think is Jeevan at his at his best, this moment right here. We've seen we've seen him struggling through several situations and, and he's a beautiful human being. And I think this is the scene where we we learn it. Himesh, can you talk about just this night? Do you remember it?
4: Yeah, I remember it well. And I remember talking about that scene and trying to get under the skin of that turning point. It is, he had, it's a sort of creativity because he has no choice. It's funny, it's sort of, it's the, fir- it's the beginnings of his journey, which is ongoing. <laughs> I feel like with Jeevan, there's this constant journey of, I don't want to do this, but fine, I'll do it. And morally we can look at it and go yeah that okay no he's done the right thing but it it never really sits in the way that it would if a hero was kind of like i will do the right thing for you because he's he doesn't want to do it (laughs) and that's what i love about him as a character is that he he never wants to do the right thing but he does it he's the only
3: person who stood up in the theater
4: but then that's the one thing he wanted to do and it's the stupidest thing he did which is like (laughs) stand up in the middle of a theater and climb up on a stage and and then realize he doesn't know CPR. It's like, what are you <laughs> doing up here? Um,
3: but it wasn't stupid. I mean, I think his heart was, because it made it made Kirsten see him and that's why they stayed together. And, and I think you can argue that for Jeevan, it's very, very, very important that Kirsten came along with him.
4: I feel like that scene in the parking lot was him sort of trying something out, which is, I'm gonna do this And if you trust me, it'll work. Mm. And it works. And I think Mm. there's just a trust that then is there between them from that point onwards. But I think the journey we go on in the show, in terms of those two, is how long can that trust last? Mm. And how what can this trust withstand? But it is that that parking lot moment is the first moment of trust between them.
1: Hey, Kirsten. Uh, yeah, it's really weird. Your your parents just messaged me. I messaged them earlier. I think they just got it. Uh, yeah, it uh, turns out their car got stuck in Lake Forest. So, uh, so yeah, they want you to come with me and and stay the night at Frank's. It turns out they know Frank from, from work things, so they're cool with it. Also, oh, I was wrong. The world's not ending. So, that's cool. Okay. Okay.
3: Do you think Kirsten believes him? No. no.
4: That's my, my outlook is she doesn't believe him. She knows what he's saying isn't true. She's too intelligent to know that he can't suddenly know her parents. You know, he doesn't suddenly... These weird connections that he's he's fabricating that you know they, they can't possibly be truthful, but she needs to be safe and he wants to do the right thing, and she trusts him I think that's what it is it's like she realizes that he's doing what he has to do, he's saying what he has to say. My choice is that I'm going to go along,
2: yeah, that's how I interpreted it, watching it that she <laughs> did not believe what he was saying, but yeah. connected with the warmth he was giving off with coming up with that fiction. You know, sometimes we accept people's fictions even though we know they're a fiction because there's something behind it that is true. And I think what was true is his empathy and care in that moment.
3: Yeah, I mean, the other true thing is too hard to say.
2: Yeah, like the world <laughs> no. is is spinning out of control you do not have a lot of options
3: so and and the people who usually are going to be there to care for you are not there anymore they're gone yeah and i think like the show didn't want to talk about that really either you know i i guess i did come up with horrific things to throw at, at the characters but i'm more i'm more proud of amesh i think like the moments of repair and healing and yeah the ways people find to make each other safe again. Yeah,
2: that's... I think for audiences, I'm really excited to see how people connect with the show, partially because it acts as a really strong argument for something that I believe that the pandemic made so clear to me. Like, we need each other. We cannot do this alone. Like, that's not how the world works. We exist in communities... We have to connect, and sometimes that connection is hard and messy and difficult, but it's so worth it. And I think the show acts as a really beautiful argument towards connecting with people in an honest, vulnerable way and the need for that connection.
3: You can't be alone. It's too hard
1: alone. Go find a stranger to love.
3: Very well said, Angelica. I agree. I certainly didn't know that night that that's what we were doing. Yeah. Um, We didn't know the pandemic was about to come, too. That's a good point. I needed everybody. Yeah.
2: We kind of have to get into the pandemic of it all, like, (sighs) which is like, I know it's like tiring to talk about, but it's also the thing that I just can't. It's sad. It's sad as shit because so many people have died. And then the people who are still here, our lives are so irrevocably changed. How we think has changed. How we move with people has changed. How how we connect to others has changed. And I'm, you know, I'm curious for both of you now that you're on the other side of this show. Like, how has your thoughts on everything changed with the art you created? Do you feel still feel the same way about things? Does it hit harder? I'm just very curious, given the subject matter
3: so much so many things inside my head right now <laughs> yeah it's hard it's
4: hard to know how to sort of filter it all into a pithy answer really
2: it's, don't don't say you know fuck the pithy uh, answer i mean i know that's what yeah. we expect for interviews but sometimes you know it's more fun to exist in the messy answer than the neat one in my opinion
3: i usually talk too much but i, I have a short answer okay. which is i'm different than i used to be yeah but also like thank god for my friends
2: Yeah, Jesus.
3: Yeah, I I would
4: echo that. But I think it's also that we're we're not through it yet. We're not which I think we have to remember, but also I would echo what you said earlier about community and that being so important and I've felt sort of between places for a while now, but I think eventually I will have a sense of community again and, and it's so important. I think it's the only way that we can survive in any sense. And so we have to try and find that and to support that in whatever way we can. I think there's a lot of forces that are trying to dismantle community in various ways in order to exploit the loneliness that we feel when we're not part of that. And, um, you know, I hope that I can never lose my faith in, in the goodness of people as often as it's been tested, especially over the last year.
3: Well, the power of your belief in that, Himesh, i think mattered a lot always you're a generous soul and you communicate a lot when it's the right time to and i think that that's uh, i learned a lot from you making this show well thanks man likewise likewise oh,
0: That's so beautiful couldn't
3: have
4: couldn't have imagined doing it the way we did but jesus made it through i think we did
2: y'all did it i like that i think that's a beautiful note for us to end on Himesh, it was really amazing getting to speak with you and hear your perspective as an actor after being able to watch the show and be really touched by your performance.
3: Thank you. It was lovely to speak with you. Thank you, man. Well, that was great talking to Himesh. Definitely. He, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of insight, doesn't he?
2: He has a lot of insight and he doesn't probably give himself enough credit. I think he really knows what he's doing as an actor, even if he sometimes doesn't feel that way himself, but he's killing it on the show. I'm super excited to see how his character develops too.
3: It's the English way. <laughs> <You're> totally <laughs> I, right. I only say that because I'm allowed to. I think I have an English mother. But, anyways, thank you for listening to us talk about Wheel of Fire, episode 101, Station 11, and come back for our next conversation. We're going to talk about 102, A Hawk from a Handsaw, when we go into year 20.
2: Station 11, the podcast, is a production of HBO Max and iHeartRadio, hosted by Patrick Somerville and myself, Angelica Jade Bastian. Our executive producer is Molly Sosha. With special thanks to Ethan Fixell. Our sound engineer and editor is James Foster. The episode was written and researched by Kate Voss. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and review Station Eleven, the podcast. Catch up on the latest episodes of Station Eleven, the limited series on HBO Max.